Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're talking holiday return hassles, tax relief, and stranded by Southwest. Buddy, this is our Friday flight episode where every single Friday we are covering the headlines that we think are most important, the most pertinent to your personal finances. But uh, Joel, first let's give the How to Money Facebook group some love. Let's do it. I saw you posted a, a question there recently well, about I was curious. Uh, resolutions, financial goals for the coming year. Yeah, I was wondering, like, okay, for all of our How to Money listeners who are in the Facebook group, and if you're a How to Money listener and you're not in the Facebook group, well, I either hope you're not on Facebook or um, just ignorant of it because it's a good place to be. If you, if, know, if you know about it, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? What are you actually spending your time on? What are you doing? On? There's great people in there helping <laughs> each other out. But uh, I, I decided to pose the question, like, what are your financial goals for this coming year? And then I also had the follow-up question, like, how are you planning to get there? Like, do you have any, any sort of accountability that you're going to incorporate so that you're actually going to get there? But I was just like pleasantly surprised to see all, I, I don't know, not surprised, just happy <laughs> to see the, the responses from people. The intentionality uh, from listeners. Yeah. yeah. So Liz said, I'm paying off $20,000 in credit card debt in 15 weeks. That's her plan. And I was like, 15 weeks? That's amazing. That's a lot of money. So big yeah. props to Liz. Uh, not very long. Yeah. And Alyssa said she's got a, a plan to pay for her wedding this coming summer, which mm. I thought was great. Like everybody had a plan. That's, that's they a weren't nice thing just, to pay for. It wasn't just pie in the sky. Like, mm -hmm. man, I sure hope this happens this year. It was everybody uh, that, that posted was pretty much like, here's why I'm doing this and here's how I'm going to get there. Nice. Uh, Susan said like she's getting her first rental property ready. Andrew, actually, uh, interesting reply. He said he's going to invest less money this year and he's going to live I saw more. That. Yeah. Oh, dude. 
But yeah, he, his focus was less on what do you say uh, on like financial or monetary wealth, and instead to he wants to up his experiential wealth. Yeah, and which, you might think that we would, oh, uh, you know, be upset with that. No, for, man. but no, not at all. Like <laughs> th- th- there's that one was one of my favorites because yeah. like for I mean, well, like we talk about this on the show, right? How it is important to develop hobbies, like personal hobbies. That way, when it does come time to retire, that you're not just wondering what you should be spending your your time on, right? It's yeah. difficult to go from 100% working with zero time for your personal life to then f- completely flipping that where you're not working at all and you're just wondering, is this a mistake? Yeah. <laughs> like, should I still be working instead of not knowing what I'm supposed to be doing with my life? And some of those experiences are, I think, one of the ways that you gradually work your way towards retirement as opposed to like the traditional retirement mm-hmm. where you are working nonstop. And yeah, Andrew, he, he mentioned specifically that he's Coast Fire. And that's not because that means you can retire somewhere on the beach or something like that. It means that you've done well enough that you can kind of take your foot off the gas a little He's bit. Front loaded that investing. Yeah, He's it, done more than he needed to. And you can coast a little bit. So, yeah. And we've, you know, we've shared on the show. I mean, it's been a couple of years, I guess that we are also coast fire, but it's still a ha- It's difficult to break out of the habit of saving as much yeah. as you possibly can. And, and instead looking to some of the different ways that we can, creatively spend money yeah. to heighten the experiences of not only ourselves, but also our, our family members too. Yeah. And, and and I think just what Andrew said, and just I'm proud of all the listeners who have these great goals, but I, I think based on what he said, like there's this massive truth that a lot that never gets said really in the personal finance realm that more money, continually uh, investing and growing your money, that that's not always the goal. <laughs> the goal is to live the best life you can while being smart with your money. And sometimes that does mean investing more in some years. And in other years, it means like, wait a second, I need to actually like invest in you know a vacation for my family. I need to, mm-hmm. I need to think better, uh, yeah. think more about where my money's going. And it's not always like maxing out all the retirement accounts in perpetuity until yeah. you die, right? Exactly. <laughs> like that, yeah. that, that also is not a great goal, not a great way to think about it. But but, um, yeah, so good to do early on, and it's good to develop that habit, right? That way, maybe it comes a little more naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot more fun to have to find ways to create. I don't know. I like saying creatively spend money because it's not like we want you just to mindlessly consume anything that gets fed to you as an ad, right? Like we want you to think through some of the intentional ways that you want to heighten the joy and the value that you can get from the money that you have. Yeah, I feel like this is this little intro is like a good sort of encapsulation of our show. <laughs> I'm, yeah. It's like the craft we, beer equivalent, which yeah, we talk about all exactly. the time. It's like yep. pick a couple of things in your life that you value a ton, spend on those things so that you can yeah, reap the enjoyment of the dollars that you're making now while you're also being smart and intentional and, and saving and investing for the future. Absolutely. Uh, and yep. it, it, we've got a lot of listeners who are doing that very thing. So, and, and by the way, if you're not a member of the How to Money Facebook group, check it out, check it out and join it. And there's a link on the website or you can just type it into the search bar on Facebook. But uh, Matt, let's get to our Friday flight, a quick sampling of stories we found interesting this week. Let's talk about that tax relief for, for uh, a second. Let's get to that first up because uh, we've got a quick update on an IRS move that we previously talked about on the show. Third-party settlement companies, think PayPal or Venmo, they uh, were being required to send out 1099Ks to any person who received over $600 in total payments last year. And this was a change from previous years where the threshold was a whole lot higher. This is just one of the ways in which the IRS was beefing up compliance to gather more tax dollars. The IRS has more money, they're hiring more people, and they want to make sure that they're not leaving any stone unturned when it comes to tax payments, right? Yeah, except that I would have expected them to look under like, how about those like five massive stones over there <laughs> right. 
instead they're looking under all the tiny little pebbles. Right. The little people making small <laughs> transactions on Etsy and eBay and stuff like that. Exactly. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's, it seems counterintuitive, but it's, it's, it was happening. And, and here's the thing. It's not actually going to happen. Uh, so yeah. a major relief for a lot of people. The, the IRS has decided to postpone that requirement to send uh, 1099Ks for even those small transactions. So you don't have to worry about uh, those coming into your mailbox or inbox this tax season. But there is a good chance you will be receiving a 1099K next year for uh, the transaction that you make this year in 2023, exactly. unless something else is done to kick this further down the road. But yeah. it's always confusing to talk about next year's taxes. I know. But we mean next year's tax season exactly. for this year's taxes. For the what you do this year, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's just something to keep in mind if you're selling items on Etsy or you're, you're driving for Uber to make extra money on the side. The What you do this year, at least... From what we know at this point, it's will anything over six hundred dollars is going to generate that ten ninety nine k, which means uh, it's reported income that you've got to put on your taxes before April of next year. That's right. Yeah, and there's also other recent changes that impact how it is that we save for retirement in a major way. But we didn't want to take up the entire Friday flight discussing one singular bill. Uh, so we're actually going to cover that in depth on Wednesday. And so if you, you know, if you want to know why 529 plans, which is there are accounts that we've never shown a whole lot of love to, um, but they just got a lot sexier. And if you want to know why, tune in next week. We'll talk about how those changes will impact you, how they might change how you should go about investing for your future, you know, what different accounts you should be prioritizing, things like that. You can look forward to that on next Wednesday's episode. Yeah. And it, that is a an investment account that we have often been like, yeah, nah, for most people, it doesn't make sense, but it's going to make sense for a whole lot more people. We'll go into depth because there's just a lot of stuff that that new bill changed, Matt. And so whole episode coming at, coming your way next week to talk about it. Let's talk about holiday returns for a second, because I'm sure some of our listeners got presents they were really excited about over the holidays, and then some of them got some stuff that maybe they hated. Uh, was, was there one in particular that you were, you were pumped about? Uh, well, let's see. Got, okay. While you think, well... I got a new cutting board. Oh, nice. And that sounds like a really just boring so, adult thing to get, yeah, but I'm very excited like about it. Sounds like a middle-aged dad thing to, <laughs> to get excited about. What's, what's special about this cutting well, board? It's just a nice big wooden cutting board, so when I like, is it sm- like smoke meat, I can cut there, it. Yeah. Okay, is it the giant Ikea one that's got the... I don't think it's Ikea. Okay. But it's... You know, they've got that giant bamboo one that curls around the front edge of the yeah. counter or whatever. I think we, this one's teak. Okay. No, but, okay. Wait, teak? Yeah. I'm stepping it up. They don't. You can't make cutting words out of tea. Sure, you can. can you? Okay. I think so. You can also leave it out in the sun, and it won't weather. <laughs> um, well, speaking of barbecue, I got me a Traeger smoker. A bunch of my family members got go. together. Basically, all of them <laughs> chipped in to buy this thing, and so it's 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 almost as if they listened to the podcast, or maybe they had help from a co-host um, <laughs> because we talked about I, we talked about this uh, yeah. several. A couple months ago, I guess, on the Get to Know a Podcast host. That's right. That was like a, a hobby of mine that I was kind of interested or hoping to get into, which is smoking meats, but you can't really smoke meats unless you have well, a smoker. Sometimes one nice gift, one big gift is oh, better man. than a bunch of small ones. Sign me right? up every, every Christmas. I, I would, <laughs> I'd much rather do that. Well, my mom, uh, when she gives gifts, she's always really good about doing gift receipts and she all like i nice. swear when you first start opening the present she says to you always you can always preface. you can always take this back if you want <laughs> return it for something else um and she gives you the gift receipt to go along with she it tape the receipt to the bottom of the oh, box yeah. or oh, yeah. Oh, yeah she's classic classic share share <laughs> and uh so but what should you do i guess if you have been given something and you 
aren't interested. You don't want it. You do want to return it, but uh, maybe your mom wasn't as thoughtful, didn't put a gift receipt on the box. That's a good question. And, and we would say first try and figure out where the gift came from and be sure to know the return policies for each store out there. You, you might have to settle for store credit if you don't have the receipt. And But, but here's the thing. Most retailers are, are going to allow you to make returns just through the end of this month. Best Buy's return window actually ends on January 14th, so it's even sooner. Dang. Where it's like Kohl's. Heads up. Kohl's has like a longer one. It's like 180 days. But just make sure that you set a date to make those returns before that window expires. Going in person also is going to help uh, for a lot of items that you aren't sure about. You know, Big box stores like Walmart or Target will uh, are more likely to accept a return on items they sell, even if you don't have proof of purchase. But I just want to get that on people's radars. You know, I think sometimes if it's something that you don't love, you shove it in the back of a closet instead of returning it or trying to find a way to get rid of it. And that way, you're just kind of throwing away money if you do that. Yeah, honestly, even this weekend just think about that <laughs> that this weekend can be a great time to to do this so this isn't a task that's just hanging over your head uh, but imagine if you have an item that can't be returned if that's the case we would recommend that you consider and this might sound tacky but consider regifting that item because you know like just because you don't like it doesn't mean that somebody else wouldn't necessarily enjoy it you're welcome to regift your smoker to me <laughs> <laughs> then you'll have two smokers right. you, you got yourself a smoker <laughs> uh but like like i don't mean to like you know regift crap that no one else uh in the right mind would ever consider but you know if there is someone in your life who might actually like the item that might be a better use for that item than like you said dual shoved in you know the back of your closet you could also, you know, resell that item on Facebook Marketplace or on eBay if you were just looking to recoup some of those dollars for that item you don't really like. Um, you could potentially donate it as, as well, right? Especially if it's an item that isn't going to be worth the time, is not going to be worth the hassle to, to list it and sell it uh, because it's not worth all that much. And, you know, honestly, if it's really bad, it could even make for a great white elephant gift for Christ <laughs> Christmas of next year. Oh, man. Um, you know, I may have gotten a couple of actual, like, real gifts that kind of fit this bill as joke gifts. <laughs> uh, and we, we actually, we always keep a box in our attic of different items like this that are brand new. They've never been used. Ours typically is full of some of these different kitchen gadgets because... Kate does, Kate's an amazing home chef, and folks often think that, like, oh, let's get you this gadget. But they don't understand that if when you're a real chef, you don't need gadgets. All you, all you need is a sharp knife and a cutting board, if you're Joel, <laughs> maybe a pressure cooker, if you're Kate as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just keep that in mind as well. well These are items. She doesn't want all the as-seen-on-TV stuff. No, dude, yeah. All it does is clutter up your drawers, and folks think that it'll make you better in the kitchen. But it doesn't. Yeah. Now, if you know yeah. what you're doing, I, I can see why. That's true. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and even sometimes we get gift cards, by the way, that we don't want. And I would say, don't forget about cardcash.com, where you can turn that into dollar bills instead of, of like just pieces of plastic that are cluttering up your dresser drawers. Because if you got, yeah, if you got a gift card somewhere and you're like, I don't shop there, then turn it into cash. And granted, you're going to, if it's a $100 gift card, you might get 80 cents on the dollar or something mm -hmm. like that, but that's better than nothing. So um, yeah, look, look into better that. Better than not going used at all. Yeah. Or, I mean, yeah, definitely sell, you know, gift cards, but it's also like I was looking on there uh, recently and it's a great place to buy cards. Completely. If it's a retailer, if it's a restaurant in particular that you visit, I saw that you can get yourself like an Applebee's gift card, dude, for like 30% off. See? What a, what a discount. I mean, it is, it is like, <laughs> like it's, it seriously is. Yeah. If you're 
you're like, well, we're going to go there anyway. Get the gift card Completely. from uh, gift or, card. Or even like big big box retailers or Home Depot or something like that. Like you can get, you can get what, like four or 5% off. Like the, yeah. the, the more popular retailers, they don't discount those cards nearly as much, but you also get more for your money if you're selling it there too. Go, go so. get you a delicious Jamba Juice, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I might <laughs> right after this. Uh, but let's let's uh, get to another story before we hit the break. This is, this one's about cars and uh, the opposite, of course, of finding ways to claw back money from unwanted presents is to sign yourself up for years of backbreaking payments, which is exactly what people are doing, Matt. Mm. And it brings tears to my eyes every time I see a story like this. Uh, new stats from Edmonds shows that uh, 15% of folks who buy a new car are saddling themselves with a $1,000 a month car payment for years on end, which just sounds awful. The, the, the combination, of course, of rising interest rates and near record car prices is leading to these sky high payments. But uh, we would say buying a new car, it's not the absolute worst thing you can do to your finances. I guess there are worse things you could do. But it is a bad idea for most folks who haven't saved up enough to buy that new car with cash. So buying a used car that's in good condition is the financially ideal solution for most folks. And if you want ideas for which ones to consider, we'll link to a, a new study from IC Cars about which vehicles last the longest. Toyota and Honda, as you might expect, continue to make many of the best models, but mostly Toyota. Yeah, like I continue to be surprised every time. I'm, I'm like, man, I, I really feel like that, that that our next car should be a Toyota. I just mean, the way that we approach vehicles and how we want to keep them around for you know years or decades. Yeah, Toyota's like historically their reliability ratings are oh, higher like, than else's Consumer Reports, I, I see cars. Thought it was Honda. Edmonds, all these all these uh, car companies say the same but, thing. But I feel like Honda's like uh, honestly a little bit more average compared to two. Yeah, but like man, Toyota they've got. So many on those those top lists yeah, as to how I mean cars that are in the upper two hundred thousand like on average that they that they can last. But the but. biggest problem though, Matt, the biggest thing we want people to avoid. Yes, we want them to drive older, reliable cars. That's great. But more than anything, don't go out there and buy a new car, especially if you're saddling yourself with a thousand dollar a month uh, car payment. Yeah. I can't even. I mean, honestly, that blows my mind. I've never had that. Uh, will keep you from building wealth. Yeah, like one hundred percent. Oh yeah, it's a fatal flaw for so many people yep. that prevents them from being able to save or invest like they'd like to or to meet other financial goals yeah. because they've overindulged on the car front, on the transportation front. On the ride. Yeah. And it's just like, it's kneecapping yourself in mm -hmm. a big way. Actually. So one other reason that you might want to buy a new car is because you're opting to go electric. Hertz, uh, the car rental company, they just announced that its electric vehicle fleet costs way less money to maintain. Uh, and because of that, they've increased their profitability. And we're talking about maintenance savings in the 50 to 60% range, yeah. where all you've got to do is like replace the windshield wipers, which <laughs> I did recently. Have you replaced your wipers recently? Uh, probably like a year ago. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how long they're supposed to last, but ours, years, ours were getting super noisy. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? When we're driving around for the holidays, I want it to be nice and smooth. Yeah. No, if, the, the truth is that EVs, and we've talked about this before, is they're just so much cheaper to maintain when I have my Nissan Leaf, it was like, it was a glorified go-kart. And yep. there's just almost nothing to go wrong with them. There's no oil changes. There's no belts to snap. There's no transmission issues. There's no fluids like to maintain, except for the wind windshield wiping fluid, I guess. Yeah. You're but, paying for that? Tires and brakes, basically. Right? Yeah, yeah, which is which is nice. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, honestly, though, like as much as we like EVs, though, some of the other data that we've covered on the show about EVs skyrocketing in price at a much faster rate than their gas-powered uh, counterparts means that they aren't quite as great of a deal as maybe we're thinking because, again, it's just sort of like, it makes me think of paying for gas. It's something that you see, you know, it's the giant headline, and because of that, we're very sensitive to that. I think paying for car maintenance, like the, the expenses associated with maintaining a traditional car, 
I think they tend to weigh on us maybe a little bit more than they should, mm-hmm. at least, right? Yeah. Um, and so what that means... Hey, it's better than a thousand-dollar-a-month car payment, isn't at, it? Absolutely, 100%. Um, but even with the, the tax credits, that can help reduce the overall cost of an EV. It's still an expensive proposition to go out there and buy a new, a, a brand new electric vehicle. And so, you know, that combined with, with new laws that are preventing more EVs from qualifying for a tax credit means that it's actually harder to make a new electric vehicle purchase to make financial sense, even with the the lower maintenance costs that you're going to experience. Uh, so, you know, we'll link to a list of different EVs out there that do qualify for uh, tax credit in our show notes. Um, I think the, the best inexpensive EV worth considering is the Chevy Bolt EUV, not the SUV. It's mm-hmm. an electric utility vehicle. But we just want to make sure that you're not putting too much stock into the, the, the savings that you would experience by uh, not having to maintain a gas-powered vehicle. Yeah, you got to look at the total cost of yeah, ownership. Zoom out and look at that total cost and, exactly and almost every car i'm glad you mentioned the chevy bolt the uv like the chevy bolts are like the only electric vehicle that i know of that's that make, gone down in price that make financial sense well all the other folks. ones have gone up in price yeah. and so it's i'm we're not i don't i've never owned a chevy in my life but if i was going to get an electric car right now that's probably the one i'd look at it's not the sexiest one out there yeah. but <laughs> it definitely makes it's gonna get the job done it's gonna like yeah cost you less in maintenance it's gonna cost you less in fuel over time that is one of the better evs to consider if you are interested in a new electric vehicle but uh matt we've got more stuff to get to we got to talk about the southwest conundrum and what to do about it if you got stranded over the holidays when you were trying to fly somewhere, we'll talk about changes, shifts in the housing market as well. We'll get to all that right after this. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wise friend. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to saint simon's on the calendar pump for that but sometimes those vacations 
get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. All right, we are back and we still have many stories here to talk about on our Friday flight. Joel, we've got our ludicrous headline of the week to get to. Uh, in today's ludicrous headline, it actually doesn't come from a traditional media source. Now, we got this one from this uh, this dense new report from FINRA. Oh, I thought you were going to say from ChatGTP. I don't even know what that is. No, is that's that? the AI. Uh, oh, 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 okay. I don't. I thought you said something different. Oh. In my mind, immediately went to the screens on the gas pumps. I don't know why I was thinking <laughs> that. Weird. <laughs> uh, but I so, thought you were going to say you typed something in and no, 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 no. made you mad. Uh, so FINRA, this is the, the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority. You've probably heard that at the end of ads. <laughs> FINRA SIPC. Yeah. <laughs> but the story, this report, uh, is about where investors go to get their financial advice. Uh, and the number one spot... I mean, I'm, I'm guessing this probably isn't going to surprise maybe too many people, but it's YouTube. And the second source is Reddit. And certainly there are, you know, actually some brilliant folks on YouTube. We've had um, Jas Breet from Minority Mindset here on the show before. We've interviewed him. We've we've talked with uh, Sarah, the budget girl. To YouTube. As well. Personal finance legends. They they crush it over yeah. there. And uh, they were great. I mean, they were awesome guests on yeah, the show. Absolutely. And, and even Reddit, right? I mean, they've got some forums where folks are there giving great advice as well. That's where the, the hive mind, it's at work. And it can be super helpful to hear various uh, perspectives from other folks who are trying to pursue similar financial goals as your own. But that being said, it is still important to note that both of these platforms also have a, a fair amount of bad advice floating around to you. You've got to be careful who it is that you choose to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond those two, people opt to go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for their financial advice. So social media is a place where people are turning to with regularity to figure out how to handle their money. And Again, just like you said, Matt, with YouTube and with Reddit, there's some great folks doing really good work on those platforms. We have friends in the space and they are like Instagram creators. That's what they do. That's where their bread gets buttered. And they're really good at it. And they're helping a lot of people. They gladly accept the title influencer. Yeah, yeah they're down <laughs> with that. We don't necessarily think of ourselves along the, because we're not creative or interesting enough, I don't think, to make it on any of those platforms. But, and, you we, know, we just don't have faces for, for TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, and, you know, we think that the How to Money Facebook group has a really helpful vibe. We talked about that at the beginning of the show. There are thousands of folks in there ready to offer helpful advice to their fellow listener regularly. And we think that's great. I'm so glad that exists. And I'm so glad that other platforms like that exist for people to so they don't feel alone when it comes to how they handle their personal finances. And when they have a question that they're not just turning to Google, although that can be helpful, that they're turning to other informed individuals who share a similar mindset. But again, we would say, proceed with caution before implementing advice based on the first comment you see. 
even sometimes in our group, Matt, the first comment isn't the most helpful, right? And it's the broad replies, uh, the the many replies in aggregation that provide the best advice. And it's, it, I think a large part of this is because it's just so much harder to include nuance in some of the, mm-hmm. the bite-sized money advice you'll find on a lot of these platforms when there are extreme limitations to the time or yeah, or the, the format delivery, delivery requires dancing or like just goofy spoofy sort of things in order to get your attention the the content uh and what's being delivered might come second to the entertainment value and it's just important to note that or the shock value yeah yeah and it's just Mm -hmm. it's hard enough to to deliver nuanced information in the long-form podcasting space and and the medium is at least to some extent is the message and you and i were definitely biased but books podcasts longer youtube videos and articles from reputable sources are what we typically recommend when it comes to getting personal finance advice that's right yeah and and honestly like when you zoom out this report just reinforces i think what we what we already knew which is that it's important and and folks are interested in receiving uh, financial content but just generally speaking stuff that they're learning in a, an approachable and fun way. And that's what we've sought to do here on the show. You know, if, if there's anything that's that podcasting for over five years has taught us, it's that. Um, and honestly, if you feel that we could be doing something a little bit better, reach out to us. This is something we used to do this more. I think we had we had like a special page we lined still up do. And, and everything. Do go it. to howtomoney.com slash do better. Oh, or you can just email us at howtomoneypod at gmail.com. But if you, if you have feedback, let us know because we are always looking to improve the show. We want it to, to be a resource for you and your money. And if honestly, you don't feel that you're getting enough value out of it or you think that there's a way that we could tweak it, please let us know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Joel, let's keep moving. Let's talk about some of the the travel insanity that folks experienced over the holidays. Or of course, like the, those massive issues with flight cancellations due to snow, basically, <laughs> due to the weather events over Christmas. And just the brutal cold. Yeah. Uh, Southwest has come under fire for the incredible volume of customers that they could not get to their destinations. The, uh, the other major airlines, they seem to be able to bounce back fairly quickly within a matter of, of days. They were decreasing the number of canceled flights, but not Southwest. <laughs> they were only like, with each consecutive day, the number of flights uh, that were being canceled or delayed was increasing, ruining trips for hundreds of thousands of passengers. Honestly, I think it was over a million when you take into account all, it's something like 13,000 flights. And so when you do the math, I mean, you're talking about, <laughs> yeah. I mean, mil- there's 100 people on a flight. Yeah. yeah, over over 100 folks per flight, um, costing those passengers their time and their money, ruining their holidays. Um, but so why was it that Southwest was particularly screwed up? It's for a couple of reasons. First, they run on a point-to-point model as opposed to a hub-and-spoke model, which is what most of the other carriers run on. And so what that means is one canceled flight creates more of this domino effect for Southwest. And then plus, they were um, evidently, they used some outdated scheduling technology that impacts both customers and flight crews. So... We wanted to to cover this because we've talked highly of Southwest before, and it majorly sucks for the slew of folks out there who were counting on Southwest to to get them to their holiday destinations. And, you know, just like (laughs) we were talking about us doing better, Southwest, they need to do better. And based on the response, though, it seems that they've learned their lesson. We certainly hope so. We certainly hope that they're able to maintain their their rank, their their top spot as the, the most favored 
discount airline out there. Yeah, I mean, they might not for this year, de- depending. Like, we'll see. But hopefully, they'll yeah, the 2023 rankings <laughs> are going to come in. <laughs> they may have dropped a couple. Spots. So much on whether you stick around, though, at long term uh, in in that industry is how do you recover when you've massively screwed up? And and this is clearly a big deal for a ton of folks who got just screwed over by Southwest. Uh, and it, it, like you said, it ruined their holidays. And if you incurred, though, if you were one of these people, you incurred costs by renting a car, by taking an Uber, by booking another flight or a hotel room, be sure to submit those costs to Southwest in order to get compensation. You got to do that directly on the Southwest website. It's kind of confusing. They've stated that they'll be offering refunds for, and I quote, reasonable reimbursements. And nobody really knows what that means. Nothing too crazy, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> Just be reasonable. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I went to this like $400 <laughs> steak dinner. Does this count? Like that probably wouldn't. Hopefully that that would be like the one thing they would call unreasonable. But if you had to book other lodging or accommodations or uh, just means of travel, those should be covered under this reasonable reimbursement on Southwest website. So go directly there, submit those receipts so that you can get refunded for it. Like you don't want to add insult to injury and get stuck footing the bill for Southwest mistakes stake and like uh, we, we hope to hear that Southwest is being generous on that front. And if they're not, we'll report back. Like if they're not giving people the mm-hmm. refunds they deserve for the travel that they booked to get where they needed to go, then we will rake them over the coals here on the show. Uh, and it looks like the transportation department is monitoring the Southwest response as well. So hopefully that pushes them to do the right thing by their customers. They have, I will say, issued 25,000 frequent flyer miles for every flight that was canceled, which will That's lessen the blow a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So free travel in the future for Southwest customers who are impacted. So um, yeah, all in all, a really crappy situation for a lot of folks. That's right, man. Let's keep moving. Let's talk about the housing market because mortgage rates, they've mostly continued to tick down. They've they have come down at least a full point from their uh, their peak back last fall. But one way that home buyers are getting those rates down even lower is through what's known as a mortgage rate buy-down. Uh, and they're specifically opting for temporary rate buy-downs, but they have skyrocketed in, in recent months. And this allows folks to buy down the rate for a year or two after the time of purchase. And you might be thinking, that sounds pretty nice, right? It sounds nice to have a lower rate, even if it's just temporary. But if that rate buy-down is what allows you to be able to afford the house in the first place, then we think you're going to be in for a rude awakening <laughs> when that rate adjusts upwards. It's kind of like like getting used to not having student loan payments, which at least up until now, has only continued to be extended far off into the future. Uh, But they're going to resume at some point. So don't make a long-term purchase like the purchase of a home based on a a short-term financing trick. Mm -hmm. I I think some folks out there, they they might also be expecting raises in the the coming years, which is fine, right? I think it's totally great to expect those. It's totally fine to even dream about what you might do with that money. But in this case, don't spend it first. There are literally <laughs> folks who are literally signing it away before they, they've yeah. even earned those dollars. Don't, and that, that's a risky and foolish way to handle your money. Don't count your chickens before they hatch, right? That would Quite be... literally. Yeah. And so that, that's, well, a, that's a problem. Not literally. We're not talking about <laughs> We're talking about yeah. money. Money that you don't have. Right. Well, and, and I think figurative. that's important to note. It's not that there aren't certain financial tips and tricks that you can institute, but this is one of those where it sounds good and you're like, cool, I'm going to spend a little money now buy down the rate for a short period of time but then that's if that's the only way you can afford the property you need to be able to afford the rate the, once the, the rate payment, goes back once up. it resets not just you can't you just can't be hopes and dreams yeah. right uh, but i will say on the on the housing front there is some good news if you happen to be hunting for a new home and it is that more sellers are making concessions according to new stats from redfin as the housing
housing market has cooled across much of the country. So even just like nine months ago, it was still a red hot seller's market. And so if you asked the seller for anything, <laughs> they were like, nah, I'm moving on. Like, <laughs> get go, out of here. Go to the next offer. Thank exactly. You very much. Yeah. But it's amazing how higher mortgage rates have like flipped that script. They flipped the dynamic. And so whether that's directly negotiating repairs before you move in, or even like a $10,000 credit for a new roof that's worn and tired and needs to be updated. Mm. Be encouraged that you have more negotiating power than you've had during the pandemic years than you had over the past couple of years in just a ridiculously red hot housing market uh, as things have stalled out a little bit. You can and uh, ask for monetary compensation. You can ask for concessions from the seller and not be laughed out of the room. Exactly. Yeah, you've got more power than you realize. And hopefully, if you have a, a solid uh, realtor, that, that is something they can walk you through mm-hmm. as well. But Joel, that's going to be it for today's Friday Flight. We'll see you back here on Monday. We've got a fresh Ask How to Money episode lined up for you. And again, if you are not a member of the How to Money Facebook group, check that out if you are on that platform, if you are on Facebook. But if not, maybe don't worry about it because we don't want you to, you know, <laughs> go looking up your high school boyfriend or, or <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, you don't, if you don't have Facebook in your life already, uh, you probably don't need it. Hey, just for, just for this. Or maybe we should, maybe it's that good that you should even join the, the stinking maybe. platform. Well, if you do, I, like I always tell people that I have this. Uh, Facebook feed. Uh, oh, the uh, newsfeed eradic- eradicator. Yes. Plug-in. Yeah. So maybe right. we'll link to that in the show notes too, because yeah, if you're like, that. I want to be part of the uh, How to Money Facebook group, I don't want to get stuck down a rabbit hole mm. of just like following, yeah, whatever people in high school. Infinite like, scroll. Into. Yes. Reload. So that Facebook yeah. newsfeed eradicator means like it blocks all that newsfeed from you. And it just, uh, you, on the left-hand rail, you click and go to the groups that you care about we'll and you it. avoid the mind, mind-numbing experience that Facebook can be. So, that sounds good, man. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.